Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. I'm about ninety five percent. Praise the right. Lord. Uh, I'm with, I'm with, I, I know I know how you're feeling because as a child I used to live in a damp house and we used to have a bedroom where we had a thing that looked like penicillin on the wall. It was damp moss and I used to get chest infections and colds and flu all the time. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I know I know what it's like. I know what it's like. But I'm glad you you sound okay anyway. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you, my friend. Thank I, you. I appreciate your prayers. And Amen. Uh, we uh we've been through it over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I was ill and then babies got ill, mama got ill, um, and then tried to come back around again and uh one thing I know for sure, uh, we're supposed to get out of this house. I think this house that we're in is just toxic, so um we're motivated now, and so Amen. Be, be in prayer with us. God will help us to find the new rental house to uh, to get over into and get out of this, get into some better air. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Well, I've got some good news for you. I got my uh, test results back yesterday. They rang me from the hospital. Uh, my PSA levels went down. I'm not taking any medication, and my body is standing up to it all on its own without medication. So it must be the prayer of the saints it must be those who are standing with me that's making this happen brother praise the lord that is awesome that's great news man amen yeah great thank great you jesus news. thank you jesus well we're going amen. to continue to, well we will continue to pray then and uh praise the lord folks uh making sure everything's turned on here we got mixed cellar running uh, brother michael how's my audio coming through for you yeah, wonderful, wonderful, nice and clear. Am okay. I nice and clear to you? You're coming through great. That's um, great. Well, today's program, I'll be speaking about the spirit of depression and all things surrounding depression. Fantastic. 
Folks, um, we've got an announcement to make. Uh, we're back on there today. This is my first program back. And uh, we were off about 10 days. And we are uh, moving to a new schedule. So uh, just as we're doing this program live for you in the morning in America, I'm going to start doing all the programs in the morning in America. So uh, I'm flipping my schedule. And um, this is a great time. So um, our new schedule is going to be Monday through Friday, mornings in America. And um, I think this is going to work out great. Um, Brother Michael Cummins, pastor from the UK, is with us today. What city are you in, Brother Michael? Well, I, I live just outside London, but the church I uh, look after is in northwest London. But so, I just I live about five miles outside London. If we said then that you're from England, would that be accurate? Yeah, yeah, England. All right. Yeah, England. That's it. Pastor Michael from England coming up next. Here we go. Stand by. Make sure that's on there. Hold on a second. Oh, hold on just a minute, Brother Michael. I uh, thank you. I switched over to a new headset. Mother um, one wore out, and um, I'm making sure that all the audio is functioning. Here we go. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Welcome aboard, everybody. Today is a live program, Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. It's great to be back with you. Thank you for all your prayers. Brother Michael, would you like to open us up in prayer this morning? Certainly. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Thank you for bringing Shannon back safe and well. And thank you, Lord, we ask that you protect him, protect all his family. We also pray, Lord, that you will lead him to a lovely place to live, a place where it is peaceful and calm and safe and secure. And we pray, Lord, that you will lead him to that place. And we pray today as we speak about the spirit of depression, that everyone here in this Uh, broadcast today, especially anyone suffering with depression, will be set free, will be released, will be loosed. And we pray this today in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I say amen. My friend, you got all the time you want. The mic is yours. Thank you very much. Just like to say hello to Mary, my dear friend in Kent, in Home Bay in Kent. Like to say hello to Sandra, who lives in the USA, who says wonderful things about me. And I'm very pleased that you do, Sandra. God bless you. And I'd like to say hello to Christina and Ariana in Sydney, Australia, who always listen to this program. And all you listening now, please get in contact with me. I'd love to hear from you. I want to speak about depression today. I, in my opinion, depression is not a disease, it's not an ailment, it's not a condition, it's a spirit that comes upon us. And we're going to talk about it today. The Bible is very clear. The spirit of heaviness is connected to and is behind depression. Many reasons cause depression, but a misunderstanding of God's work is one of them. Let's read Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3. 
It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath appointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And you see, the Lord speaks about being bound into a prison that he's going to open up those prison doors and set us free. When we suffer from depression, we are bound, and we find it very difficult to get away. Throughout our lives, we are forced to come to terms with failure, defeat, broken relationships, sickness, the loss of loved ones. And society's remedy for all these things are antidepressants and drugs which in itself brings problems. Many people go the route of self-medication, which the results can be catastrophic. You know, something I read recently on the internet, and I've read in the newspaper, that the leader of the Anglican Church, the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, his name is Wellesby, he stated recently that he suffers from depression and could not get by without antidepressants, which is one of the saddest things I've ever heard because it makes me think that he has unbelief and doubt. And that's the highest levels of Anglicanism. I remember when I was a young man, I was sort of 17, just coming on to 18. I had met a girl when I was 16 and a half and I literally thought this would be the woman I would be with for the rest of my life. Even though we were young, I loved her dearly. And after a time, uh, a parent thought I had no uh, ambition and I was only an apprentice plumber at the time. And they thought I would never amount to anything. So they did a job on her and they kept moaning that she should find someone better. And she was working or she had a friend who was training to be uh, good in, in the banking system. And anyway, she decided to end with me. Lots of things happened, but I was broken hearted and it threw me into a deep, deep depression. I wasn't a Christian then. I believed in God, but I wasn't a Christian. And I remember I lost two jobs in short uh, in a short time because my mind wasn't in the right place and I just wasn't ready to do work. And, you know, this is what happens to us when we're suffering from depression. Now, if we go the route of uh, antidepressants and drugs and medication, we are conforming to what the world would want us to do about depression. And Romans 12 verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect 
will of God. Now, I know people out there might be taking antidepressants, and I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you to stop taking medication. What I'm trying to do today is give you a broad understanding of what I believe depression is and how it comes. Hallelujah. Uh, our minds need to be renewed. If our minds are not renewed, we become dependent on the ways of this world. And depression and dealing with depression by taking the medication route is the way of this world. When we read Isaiah 61, it says he has given us beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So this is what I would say to anyone who's suffering from depression today. After this program's over, go and get a CD out, put on a Christian music channel and listen to praise and worship music. I do it all the time. I get up in the morning. I might feel a little bit heavy. I might not feel as I should do. I might have a bit of pain in my body. So I put on my favorite praise and worship and it lifts me when you're praising god you get lifted you get lifted high in the name of jesus if we become or stay conformed to this world that becomes our belief system and what we rely on is what the world tells us we should be rely on regarding our condition and if we reject the world they say bad things are going to happen to us. So they say, if you don't take this medication, bad things are going to happen to you. I was taking medication recently, and I was taking it for over three years. And uh, my PSA levels went up all of a sudden. And the consultant, the consultant oncologist said, stop taking that medication. So I came off of that medication. I haven't taken it now for three months. And without any medication at all, my PSA levels went down. Now, the only medication I have to fight cancer is the Lord God and his word, his promises. What he promised man, that he will never leave us or forsake us. What he said in the book of Malachi, unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. That's what I live by. And I'm feeling better. And I had a good report yesterday from the hospital. If we live without real hope, then the spirit of heaviness will take us over, bringing depression, which covers us with a dark cloud of oppressiveness. It can lead us to drink, to take drugs and contemplate suicide an overdose of sleeping tablets or antidepressants. We, if we are born again, will find it difficult to feel joy and God's love. And if we are unsaved, the dark feelings we have will ensure we remain unsaved. The mental strain that depression brings will open the door for further demonic spirits to enter our poor, depressive souls. We will start having confusion, anger, anguish, insomnia. All these things 
will go along hand in hand with anxiety. Hallelujah. We pray now. Now I'm going to read a scripture you all know. So I'm not asking you to suck eggs, but you all know this scripture. Hallelujah. From 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Hallelujah. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. In the name of Jesus, we pray now. We are not going to be filled with fear. That scripture makes it clear to us who the enemy is. Who the enemy is. The enemy is Satan. Sorry, that I'll say that again because I said it out of my own memory. It said, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So if that spirit of fear, along with the spirit of depression, is not from God, then who is it from? It must be from Satan. And Satan is attacking us. Knowing your heart that God wants to deliver you and restore you in the name of Jesus. James 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So it is God's perfect will that we do not suffer from depression, that depression has no part in our life. So it's God's perfect will to set us free. So let's start praising God now. Start praising God and giving him thanks for all the good things he has done in your life. Fill your home with praise and worship songs. The demons hate that. The more we praise God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the less self-pity we will have. Start saying out aloud these great scriptures. Hallelujah. The first one is from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in the blessed and most glorious name of Jesus. Please excuse me. I'm having trouble finding it. Hallelujah. I've got it now. It says, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. It goes on to say, quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Hallelujah. We pray in the name of Jesus. We're fighting back already. We're fighting back with praise and worship. We're fighting back. The devil is going to be beaten and defeated. Let's go right the way back into the Old Testament. And let's go to the book of Ezra. Ezra 7 verse 28. 
and hath extended mercy unto me before the king and his counsellors and before all the king's mighty princes and I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me and I gathered together out of Israel chief men to go up with me I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me how else you're going to be strengthened to fight depression you're going to be strengthened by the hand of the Lord your God hallelujah let's go to James 4 verse 7 submit yourselves therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you hallelujah if your depression is being caused by relationship breakups Satan will say to the woman if it's a woman no one wants you you will never marry or have children his demons may call you insulting names and remind you of the lowest points of your life that's the way Satan operates if it's a man it will say similar things but it might be in different order you will feel loathsome you will feel that you are a failure Joshua 1 verse 9 says have I not commanded thee be strong and be in good courage be not afraid neither be dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest this read this again so you really get an understanding of it remember Joshua has been appointed to succeed Moses he's got a lot of responsibility deep down he must have a lot of feelings what if I fail what if I let God down what if I get defeated but verse 9 says have not I commanded thee be strong and good courage be strong and of good courage be not afraid neither be dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest make a list now if the demons are speaking to you nobody ever wants you nobody loves you you're useless make a list of your previous husbands or partners and forgive them especially if they have hurt you physically emotionally and mentally forgive them do not get angry do not be of despair and break all the soul ties and do away with these things get away from the demons that are bringing back sad memories and hurtful memories from your past this is the same for a man if a man or a woman has been bereaved to break sexual emotional spiritual physical financial soul ties so if either man or woman has to see their ex-wives husbands or partners to visit any children from previous relationships or marriages you will be free from that dreadful knot that comes into your stomach have you ever felt that dreadful knot in your stomach when you have seen someone you was once in love with or you're no longer with you need to be free of these feelings because these feelings cause 
serious depression. So be free from that now. Break the soul ties. As I said, make a list and break these soul ties now. Let's have a look at Philippians 4, verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. And you certainly can. You can do all things. Christ will strengtheneth you. You've got a life ahead of you. You are worshipping the Lord. Why be broken hearted? Because of a relationship that has broken down. I have known people who get so depressed that they let their personal hygiene go. I knew a man who stopped shaving and would not change his clothes and kept saying he was going to die. But one day he said to me, I'm going to die. I said to him, when are you going to die? And he said, in a few minutes. So I said, well, that's okay. I will stay with you and die with you. And we can both go to heaven together. After about an hour, he saw that he was being influenced by demons who were telling him he was going to die. He eventually came through it all and is still alive today. Let's have a look at some more scriptures to help us beat depression. God's word will help us beat depression. If you choose to go to psychotherapy, if you choose to go to people who will analyze your life, we all know what goes wrong in our lives. We all know that, especially when we're doing well in life, defeat can be around the corner. Pain and upset can be very close to us. So we must always be prepared. Let's have a look at Deuteronomy 31. Verse 8, hallelujah. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. I'm going to read that again because that's a magnificent scripture. And the Lord, he it is that doth both go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Hallelujah, we pray. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Hallelujah. And have a look at the scripture then. Jeremiah 29. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Another wonderful scripture. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That expected end is peace and glory and everlasting life with the King of kings and the Lord of lords in heaven. God knows this. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. God is thinking good things towards you. Not bad things, but good things. So if God is thinking good things towards you, why should depression take hold of you? I'm asking everyone today who is depressed, 
who feels they need help to ring me after today's program. I'll give you my phone later. It's sad that you're being depressed, and we're going to stop this now in the name of Jesus. Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, famous scripture. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am weak and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus has paid the price for you to be completely free of depression. You don't have to feel these things. They are not of God. The devil is a liar. Say all that together or you're at home. Shout it out now. All you, shout out, the devil is a liar. You're not going to listen to him. If you're listening to him now, tell him to go away. The Bible said, we read earlier, resist the devil and he will flee. Tell him to go now. Depression must go. Depression must go. Now, for all those who are deeply depressed, the ultimate thing which Satan wants to bring upon you is suicide. Once Satan has a soul who is overcome with depression and is desperate to be set free, he will start speaking to the poor soul, telling him to end it and to put an end to his torment. The spiritual attacks will intensify to a point that you feel your head exploding and you get to a point that you are ready to do anything to end this suffering. Satan will even speak softly to the suffering soul. He won't be aggressive, he won't shout. He will speak as a friend and try and convince the depressed person to end his life. But remember the words of God in John 10, verse 10. And it says this now, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. See the deceiver for what he is, a liar. Stand up to him. Conquer your fears. Conquer your thoughts. Take authority over them now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray now. We take authority over Satan. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5. Important scripture when you want to overcome depression. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wear war after the flesh. Forgive me. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought 
to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. You see, when Satan is attacking us this way, he fills our heads with imaginations. He fills our heads with thoughts. And he tells us, do you really want to carry on living like this? Do you really want to live in failure, in defeat? End it now. Have some peace. But there is no peace for you. It is all a lie. Our lives are not to be taken by us. The Lord is the maker. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Let's have a look at Psalm 34. Wonderful Psalm this. Verses 17 to 22. Take this in heart what this says. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord deemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Hallelujah. What a scripture. What a series of scriptures. I want to read it again to you, because I think it's important. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many of the afflictions, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Keep reading that scripture. Please keep reading it. It's an important scripture. Keep reading it and get hope from it. Hallelujah. All of us will suffer depression at some times in our life. All of us will feel that God is not with us any longer, that he's allowed this to happen to us. But we say no. We say no. Read the word of God. Listen to praise and worship music. Listen to good preaching. And stand against the devil. When you pray, stand against him. Read these scriptures that I've just read. Psalm 34, verses 17 to 22. Read them out loud in your bedroom and let the spirit of the sovereign Lord come upon you and you will know that the Lord God is with you. You will know that the Lord God is going to deliver you from all these problems. Call on the Lord now and the liar Satan shall flee. Hallelujah. Romans 10 verse 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. Call on the name of the Lord now. He is our Saviour. He is our Redeemer. Lord, the Holy Spirit is our Comforter. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at Isaiah 41, verse 10. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I'll read that again. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Choose life. Choose God. Choose his promises from his word that will set you free. In Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. Now, there is something that we need to add to depression, something that is ancient and goes right the way back. You may not have heard of this. You may have heard of it. The spirit of pharmacia, and pharmacia is spelled P-H-A-R-M-A-K-E-I-A. The word pharmacia, when it's translated, sounds much like the word used to describe drugs. And pharmacia can be anything from a simple aspirin that is bought over the counter at a pharmacy or a prescription drug that requires in England a prescription, a doctor's letter in other countries in the world or illegal drugs sold by drug dealers, drugs like cocaine. Let's have a look. The first, let's go to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21. And let's see what takes place. This word pharmakia. Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21. It says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions and heresies, envians, murders, drunkenness, revelings and such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in past time, that they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of of God. When we go to the book of Revelation, we see the spirit of pharmakia being spoken about. Revelation 9, verse 2, it says this, And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of the great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the reason from the smoke, from the pit. Hallelujah. Revelation 18, verse 23. Let's read what it says. Revelation 18, verse 23. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride 
shall be heard no more at all in thee, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by sorceries were all nations deceived. Now the word pharmakia was used by both Greeks and Jews from the Old Testament down to the New Testament. And pharmakia means sorcery and magic, the practice of witchcraft. It comes from the noun, which is pharmakon, which means poison as its prime meaning. It also means magic potion or charm through sorcery. In the pre-Christian period, witches and sorcerers would make magic potions that would make people high, that they would feel better. These potions were offered up to demons and evil spirits who would enter those taking these concoctions. So those people, if you like, were the doctors of their day, were the pharmacists of their day. And the word pharmacon, which was the noun, is still used today because in England they tend to say chemists. But in different parts of the world they use the words pharmacies. And in those pre-Christian days, if people were ill, they went to see these people who practiced pharmacia. And it was sorcery. If you go to many acupunctures now, you may go to some who just put needles in and they hope the needle cuts out the pain. You can go to ancient ones who will put the needle in. At the end of the needle, they will burn a joystick, which offers a smoke up to the god they're asking to enter you and heal your pain. These are the things that was practiced in the Old Testament and down to the time of Jesus. By the New Testament, physicians or doctors became recognized. Luke himself, who wrote the gospel, was a physician. And in the gospel, which is given to his name, we see the healings of Jesus. Hallelujah. We can read the scent of the healing of the centurion's servant in chapter 7. And the woman who suffered with the issue of blood in Luke 8, verses 43 to 48. We'll read that in a minute. But I just want you to understand the link between witchcraft and sorcery and the spirit of pharmacia. These people would use certain things. And somebody would come in, shall we say, very, very depressed, feeling very, very down. They would give him a concoction that would make him feel happy and high. That was the first instances of drug dealing, of drugs being on a massive scale. And people would go to these people. And as they took these drugs, the spirit of pharmacia would enter them. They would become dependent on those drugs and they would need to go back for more and more and more. And they suffered from addiction. Let's have a look at Luke 8. Luke 8, verses 43 to 48. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we pray. 
Glory to his name. I hope you're understanding all what I'm saying to you. I'll go back over it again in a minute. Luke 8, verses 43 to 48. And the woman, having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed in any way. So let's have a look at the first thing. She had used all her money going to people who had offered her potions, offered her lotions, offered her reasons to stop this issue of blood, but none could heal her. Verse 44, and came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stenched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Hallelujah. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people, for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. You see, this woman had gone to these people. I have an issue of blood. They had given her potions and lotions, and she had spent all her money. Hallelujah. But she couldn't be healed. So all she did was clasp the hem of Jesus' garment, the border of his garment, and the blood flow ceased immediately. Hallelujah. You see, think of what this woman had gone through. She was in a time when, lived in a time when sanitation was very poor. She maybe would have had a terrible odour about her. And she forced her way through on her hands and knees through the crowd to where Jesus was passing by and she reached forward and clasped the hem of his garment and her blood flow was ceased immediately. You see, though Luke is mentioning that she's spent all her money upon physicians, he's not mentioning the spirit of pharmacia, but on physicians but only Jesus could heal her. And Jesus will heal you if you call out to him. Call out to him now, we'll pray at the end, but he will heal you. I myself have been described powerful chemotherapy drugs in the fight against cancer. So we could never call modern physicians and oncologists sorcerers. Because the medication I've been described and the treatment I've received, I've received under the protection of doctors. But when we come to modern criminal drugs and the criminal drug trade, organized crime syndicates all over the world and the havoc and misery they cause in all countries and, and continents in the world they are still being covered by the spirit of pharmacia. 
the spirit of pharmakia is still within them. They have armies that protect them. They have tanks. They have aeroplanes. These big crime syndicates in places like Colombia. When the governments try and arrest them, they will fight with anything they have. 1 Timothy 6, verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Vast fortunes are made through the sale of heroin, cocaine, marijuana, LSD, ecstasy, in third world countries, in countries where the economies derive through agriculture and industry. Economies that can't uh, hold their own with the United States of America or countries in the European Union. Much heroin comes from Afghanistan and places like that. Places that are under the power of Islamic fundamentalism. I believe we see the links between the spirit of pharmakia from pre-Christian sorcery and the modern-day drug trade. Many cartels or drug barons in South America, Africa, and the Caribbean have links with voodoo, obia, and witchcraft. They carry out black masses, even blood sacrifices, are offered up to Satan for their protection from law enforcement agencies, from the FBI, from the CIA. So those who are suffering from any form of depression and believe that self-medication might help, I believe you are playing into the hands of Satan if you try and self-medicate or you buy any drugs. Satan is still the destroyer of our bodies and souls and his intent of destroying body and soul in hell. So you can see the spirit of pharmakia has never died. It's just now operating in different circumstances from the pre-Christian days in Babylon and countries like that, where people would go to the sorcerers, the sorceresses, to get something to give them a quick fix and make them feel better. That is still going on now. People will take smoke marijuana. You know, people will tell me, I've had loads of arguments with people who tell me marijuana is of no harm at all to you. It calms you down. It makes you feel better. That is a lie from the pit of hell. These drugs are sent to destroy you. These drugs are sent to make you bound and in the bondage of Satan. That's what these things are. And what we must do, if we wish to be free of depression, is look to God. Look to the word of God. Look to the promises of God. No longer trust 
in things that we don't know the origins from. Now, naturally, if you have a headache, you can take a painkiller. I would soon, sooner anoint my head with a little bit of oil and pray the prayer of faith. That if there's any sick amongst you, anoint the sick with oil, and the prayer of faith shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. I would sooner pray that. You know, one thing, when I was diagnosed with cancer, and the chemotherapy actually gave me peripheral neuropathy in my legs and feet, which is okay when I'm walking about. But when I get into the bed of night, the agony, the pain, it's electric shocks up my legs and feet. I was prescribed some painkillers, a big box of painkillers, and they said, this will take away your pain. Make sure you take two before you go to bed. When I looked, there was a big sign on the side of the box, a warning that these painkillers were an opiate. Now, that means I rung back and I said, does it mean if I take these, these medications can be addictive? And they said, yes, they can be addictive. I've still got them in the kitchen. I will never take them. I would sooner have the pain. You see, when I have pain, I can open up the Bible and I can read a scripture. I can read a healing scripture. I can read 2 Kings 20, verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, I have heard thy prayers. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. Our body should be a temple of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies should be looked after. Now we know that there's things in the air that we breathe. For all the nuclear testing in the 50s and 60s, there's radiation coming down with the rain. The ozone layer has been destroyed. That if we sunbathe on the beach, we can get skin cancer. We know all this is happening. But we must try and protect our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit. That if we drink, we must drink in moderation. We shouldn't smoke cigarettes at all. We shouldn't be addicted to any medication at all, for the spirit of pharmacia will come upon us. I wrote a little prayer yesterday, which I want to say over anyone who's suffering from depression today. It says, Lord Jesus, by the power of your holy name, Remove the dark cloud of depression from every believer and touch those who don't know you yet. Your supernatural power is magnificent and can break every stronghold of depression and suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Set the captives free today from heaviness and take control of every satanic thought that is coming upon all those who suffer with depression. Heal all those bound into any form of drugs and self-medicating. In your most wonderful and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. As I said, I'm not a doctor. 
I have no medical experience at all. All I speak about is which I've learnt from the Holy Spirit and learnt from reading God's Word. So I say, if you're suffering from depression and you're on medication, you don't give your medication up, but you start putting on praise and worship music in your home. You start reading the Word of God. You start speaking positive words over you. What we said earlier... I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. In all things I am more than a conqueror. Start speaking the word of God over yourself. Start speaking in the name of Jesus Christ. I have to tell you, as a young man I contemplated suicide. I truly did. I contemplated taking my own life, but I didn't. I started praying. Even though in those days I was not a practicing Christian, I still called on the name of the Lord, and he came to me. Hallelujah. Do that today. Call on the name of the Lord, and you will see remarkable effects. I said before, break the soul ties. If you've come out of a broken relationship that you haven't been able to overcome, start breaking the soul ties with those ex-partners, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman. Be free. Be free. I tell you now, the devil is a liar. But I tell you now, he's doing all these things in the end times because he's terrified the fault of Jesus returning. I stand against him every day. I see miracles every day. Satan sometimes doesn't leave me alone. He comes at me, but I always stand my ground because I know he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world and he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. God bless you all. God bless you all. If anyone wants to contact me, I'll give out my details shortly and I'll be happy to pray for you. I will pray for you live on Skype if that's what you would like. If you want me to pray for you over the phone, I will pray for you. In the name of Jesus, you shall be set free. In Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's name we pray. Amen. You know, I say amen to that. Brother Michael, what a powerful word today. What would you like to title this message for the archives? Overcoming Depression. Fantastic. Okay. Brother Michael, give out your email address again, please. Okay. My email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123-AOL.com. If you want to send me an email... I will send you my Skype address. You can send me uh, an invite and then we can start talking very soon and we can start praying for you. If you live in the London area and you would like prayer, the church I pastor is in a place called Kilburn, which is Northwest Six. It's called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. Have a look online in your search engine and you will find all about us there. 
transport routes from central London, from Victoria and places like that are there. Also, there's plenty of previous teachings that we've done on the at the church on various subjects of deliverance. You can come and see us. Just ring me up and make an appointment. I do deliverance in church on Thursday afternoons after we've finished Bible study after two o'clock. And I do it on Sunday after the service ends, which is also after two o'clock. God wants to help you. He wants you to be set free. Do not sit there and suffer in silence. Hallelujah. Come and let Jesus set you free. Amen. Amen. Uh, Sister Sandra put in the chat room your website. Folks, let me give that out to you if you're listening. Kilburncf.org.uk. K-I-L-B-U-R-N-C-F. I'll put that in the show notes. Brother Michael, Thank if someone you. would like to support your ministry, do you have PayPal? I do have PayPal. If I have PayPal attached to my email address, which is framedcummings123 at AOL.com. And if you would like to support me, I would be very, very grateful. But God bless you all. My friend, it's great to be back with you. And um, next Thank week, you. same time, see you again? See you again next week, same time. I'm looking forward to it. You want to close us in Amen. prayer this today? Yes, Lord. This weekend we're going to have a new king who's going to have his coronation in, in London. And Lord, we pray that he will make the right decisions and he will never turn away from Jesus. We pray that our country, England, that has suffered greatly lately, will start to rebuild itself in the hands of God. And we pray for everyone listening to Amiga Man Radio, who are listening now, who will listen later on the podcast. We pray all of you will be blessed. All of you will be healed. You will be delivered. And you will experience the same miracles I have especially those who are suffering from cancer. I pray now that every tumor, every growth, every lump, every cyst, every part of your body where there are cancerous cells, they will be eradicated now by the power, by the authority, and by the name of Jesus Christ. Be healed now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You know, I say amen to that. Uh, Brother Michael, I'm glad you mentioned that. So the coronation is going to be this weekend. What day does it start? On Friday? On the, on the, it start, I think it starts on Friday. It's on the 6th. It's on the 6th. Okay. You know, so it's going to be there. I mean, London will probably be at a standstill. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so, you know, we, we just pray for that. Uh, one of the things is I'm not really a royalist. I never have been really, I suppose. I suppose it's my Irish background that makes me like that. But I do pray for this country because this country now is under so much pressure. I think America may be the same. But we Absolutely. pray that our country and the United States of America and the American people who I love very dearly. I was told great stories about Americans during the Second World War. My father was a London fireman during the Blitz, and he had great fondness for American GIs and airmen who were stationed in England during the war. And he told me great stories of their generosity 
and because they were well off and because they were paid well in the, in their armed forces, they were very generous to children in Britain, in London, who were suffering greatly. So I say, God bless America and God bless the UK this weekend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I say amen to that. And I got to tell you something uh, before we go. Very strange indeed, but there's a uh, website. It's called FamilySearch.com. And what it is, it's an ancestry uh, website where you can go ahead and build your family tree online and research your roots. And uh, maybe 30 years ago, I used to work for the government, and I had this uh, older man that worked there in the office, and he was working on his family tree because he wanted to complete the work and give it to his uh, daughter as a gift. And it was amazing. I looked at what he had done. He had went back so far. And I said, you know, I need to do that. And um, I knew almost nothing about my dad's side of the family, so it was literally starting from scratch. Make a long story short, I started building the family tree, and I still work on it a couple times a year. And uh, I found a lot of interesting stuff. Well, what you do is you can put it online in this database, and uh, sooner or later you're bound to find somebody who's related to you, like a cousin, you know, and then you share more research together and you get more leads on your own family tree. So I get this uh, text message a few days ago, Brother Michael. It's from Family Hi. Search. And it said, uh, would you like to see how you're related to uh, Elvis Presley? And I'm thinking, hey. I'm saying, Elvis Presley, come on. This, uh, this has got to be some kind of clickbait, you know, just get me to click on it. And uh, I just said, what the heck? And I went over there and looked. Brother is God is my witness. Turns out Elvis Presley is indeed related to me. He's my seventh cousin once removed. Amen. <laughs> That's fantastic. Through through his mother, Gladys. And I said, no. Gladys, man. yeah, yeah. I said, this is crazy. But it was true. It was on my dad's side. So uh, they have a feature now. And um, you can see if you're related to any other famous celebrities. Brother, this Amen. is really where it gets bizarre, though. And... Um, you say, come on, is what you're going to say true? Yeah, because you can get on there and you and you can see the whole tree. They put yours side by side. Um, turns out, Brother David, uh, excuse me, Brother Michael, forgive me. Yeah. Um, there have been 46 U.S. presidents. Joe Biden is number 46. Trump was 45. Brother, if I were to tell you I was related to a president, that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Because, yeah, very uh, cool. <clears throat> indeed, I am related to um, George Washington. Amen. Uh, the first president, uh, George Washington, was my uh, cousin. And uh, you say, really? Yeah. Turns out that, um, uh, I'm pulling it up here right now, uh, George Washington is my second cousin ten times removed. So, I mean, Amen. if you go back ten generations, which is a little ways still, but uh, you find a match. It's on my dad's side. Brother? It gets bizarre. It turns out that I'm related to 28 U.S. presidents. They're my cousins. Amen. I mean, I would say one or two would be pretty interesting, but 28. Now, listen to this. This is what I'm working up to. Queen Elizabeth pops up on my family tree. I said, what? Brother, as God is my witness, it's showing me that Queen Elizabeth II is my seventh cousin four times removed. Amen. I said, Amen. what? Seventh cousin? Come on. 
And I looked, and sure enough, there it is. It turns out Diana is my 11th cousin once removed. Um, Also, Winston Churchill is my 7th cousin three times removed on my mom's side. Now, I knew we had family that came from Wells, the Davis family, but they're actually finding links. And um, Sir Isaac Newton, first cousin, first cousin 11 times removed. Amen. Uh, the the sad part is I'm also related to some some bad people like Charles Darwin. Uh, he was Charles Darwin, right? Seventh yeah, yeah. cousin, seven times removed. Brother, this is freaky, freaky. I said, God, what's going on now? <clears throat> I, I'll uh, hold you just another minute. You got another minute? Yeah, take okay. as long as you like, please. I'm so interested. So, in 2005. I'm crying out to the Lord. I was living in Panama at the time, running an online business, and I was battling depression, mood swings, heaviness. So was my brother, Damon. And I cried out to the Lord. He literally heard my cry and spoke to me in a dream one night. 2005, I had fallen asleep. It was a weekend. I found myself, I woke up on a Saturday morning. I had fallen asleep on the couch. I had my King James Bible there on the armrest. I reached for it, opened it up. I don't remember what I read, but I just looked at the Word of God and bam, the dream came back. Said, the voice said, it was God speaking, said, you and your brother Damon have a generational curse you need to break. That's what he told me verbatim. Never happened before like that. I'd heard from the Lord audibly, in this case in a dream. And uh, I didn't remember it until I looked at the Bible. Well, my brother Damon called me two days later. He says, man, I got to tell you about this guy. He's from England, Derek Prince. He's got a book. Hey. It's called... The blessing or the curse you choose. It's about breaking generational curses. I said, man, yes. what's well, a confirmation then? God's showing you we got a problem. And let me tell you what he told me in my dream. You and I have a generational curse to break. Well, we had a half-brother because me and my, my brother are the only siblings, but then my parents remarried after a divorce. And uh, my half-brother was in Jacksonville, Florida and was attacked by a succubus demon laying on his bed. This demon jumped on him, froze him, and began to choke him in the throat. And he screamed out multiple times, Jesus, Jesus. And he said this thing, let go of him, got up and went out of his condominium and slammed the door behind it as it left when he said Jesus. He was so traumatized, he had found his way to some workshop in Florida on breaking curses. So we all had some problems going on. And uh, I didn't know what to do about it. I mean, what do you do? But at least we knew the direction uh, for our deliverance. It was breaking a curse. So my brother Damon called me and said, uh, hey, I got this um, renunciation prayer on a tape with Derek Prince. Lead you through a prayer. Let's pray it. So we got together, all of us on the phone, went through the prayer, (coughs) confessed the sins of our ancestors, repented, asked Jesus to forgive us of our own sins. And we stood on Galatians 3.13. Jesus became a curse on the tree. And we broke that curse on ourselves and the family line lifted it in Jesus Christ's name by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And then, you know, command the demons to go. Um, That was my first experience with spiritual warfare, 2005. And um, I always had wondered what happened that we had a generational curse. Well, on the Davis side, my father's side, um, there was like five generations of divorce. And if you go back, to my great-grandfather. He dies prematurely at age 50, 
two. And uh, he was a, a minister uh, who had fallen from grace, came back to the Lord, but for some weird reason, he got involved in Freemasonry. And that's what killed him, I believe, because I uh, was able to find out that three years before he died, he became a master mason. And I think he's oh, in hell yeah. tonight. God have mercy. Yeah, I may. God have mercy on him. So it killed him. You know, that's witchcraft. And this generational curse was unleashed, took him out, took my grandfather out at 58. Now, my grandfather, nobody else, my father, none of them were in Freemasonry, but they had this curse, and it attacked his heart. He died at 58. A year later, my father dies at 57. I never got to warn my dad. I tried, but we never linked up, and I relayed the message to my stepmother, but dad and I never talked about it, and uh, he died, he's dead a year later. Uh, and uh, I knew that this death angel was coming after us. And that's why the Lord warned us we have a generational curse to break. So over the years, we have uh, been able to um, break these curses. But I, I wondered, <clears throat> this year I just turned 53. I said, if I've truly broken this curse, then I'm going to live. Uh, and I was so happy to hit 53 because that's when my great-grandfather died, 52. So I believe we I broke know. the curse. But I said, God, if there's something we missed... Now, God wasn't specific in what the curse was, but I just assumed it was probably the most obvious thing, Freemasonry. But I would say a month ago, I went back to the Lord and I said, God, is there anything we've missed? And uh, lo and behold, bam, Family Search tells me uh, I'm related to Elvis, and then I find out 28 American presidents. Most of those guys were Freemasons. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Some of them were the occult architects of uh, the dollar, like Franklin D. Roosevelt, uh, he was part of putting the pyramid with the all-seeing eye of Horus on the back of the dollar. Now, he was my sixth cousin, four times removed. And uh, there have been some people to say that it may be fact. I don't know that over 40 of the presidents are even related. So um, this was freaking me out yesterday. Long story longer. I was talking to a friend of mine last night. Dr. Sabrina Sessions, I said, Sister Sabrina, let me run something by you. This is so odd. And I told her the same story I'm telling you. Immediately, she said, if I were you, I'd be breaking soul ties with every one of these people. And then it dawned on me. There may be other things that were in the family tree I was not aware of, but God is good and gracious. And if there be something else that looks like there could be Illuminati, who knows? 28 presents. I mean, so crazy. There may be more. That's all uncovered so far. Um, then I don't want to be affected by all this, and uh, I don't think that's an accident. So I just went ahead and said, I'm going to do it this week. Then I said, no, right now. And I called out every person, every celebrity, all 28 presidents by name. I'm even kin to Thomas Jefferson. Um, Brother, some bar bizarre stuff. I mean, I, I didn't ask for any of this, but it, it's just a it's historical fact. And I broke the soul tie in the name of Jesus between me Amen. and all these ancestors and any ungodly covenants or contracts they made that are affecting me and my children and my wife. I renounced it. I said, God, I want no part of it. I break it all and loose us in the mighty name of Jesus and command the demons to go, the soul ties to go in the name of Jesus. Brother, I think I literally just swept the house clean. Amen. 
And um, if not, well, then it didn't do me any harm. But, I mean, if, if it was already re, uh, taken care of before, but I don't know. This was just too bizarre to take it for granted. But I said all that to say this. I'm so disappointed because uh, there's 2,000 heads of states that are being invited to the uh, coronation. And uh, in that, I'm Queen Elizabeth II's seventh cousin. I didn't get my invitation, brother. No, you didn't get, no they didn't. No, no. <laughs> well... Well, I'm I'm related. My grandfather was the top gypsy in the United Kingdom. He was really? the uh, he was the head man. Really? And I thought, oh yeah, and I thought I I should have been invited. And you see, because he was an head gypsy, I spoke to. Funny enough, I must tell you this. Tell me. On I got on fr on Friday. I got a phone call from a lady who said she was demon possessed. Yeah. And she said she had a spirit of spinsterhood and the singleness. Oh. Which is a curse that people can say upon other people. If a man finishes with his girlfriend and finishes in bad circumstances and he's angry and bitter and unforgiving, he can put a spirit or a curse of singleness on her that she will never marry, never have children. Okay. Anyway, this woman, I said, where do you live? She said, the West Midlands. Now, if you live in the West Midlands sort of Wolverhampton in, in England, uh, forgive me, but you'll talk like this. You'll go, hello, Shannon, I've got a little problem. I think I've got a demon. And that's how the accent is. <laughs> this woman spoke to me in a pure Romany accent. And I said to her, you live in the Mess Midlands, but you're not from the Mess West Midlands. You're a Romany gypsy. And she said, how did you know that? I said, I come from gypsy stock, and I know the way you talk. You're a Romany gypsy. Wow. And I said, I have to tell you, you've been cursed by other Romany gypsies. You've been cursed, and you've been cursed with singleness, and you've been cursed that you'll never marry and you'll never have children. And she said, I think you're true. I said, ring me back tomorrow, which was uh, the bank holiday Monday. We had a bank holiday on Monday. We didn't work. I said, ring me back on Monday, and I'll pray for you. And she rung me back on the Monday I prayed for her and the demon come out of her. And I said to her, we're going to break the soul ties with every man. You've had a sexual, physical, emotional or financial relationship with and we broke all the soul ties with all her ex-partners because she didn't know who cursed her. Wow. And all her ex-partners were gypsies, you see, because they tend to marry within their own to marry within their own you know I had some gypsies come to my house once they said will you pray for me and I'd been recommended by some other gypsies and they came around the house and they objected to my wife being present and I said why are you objecting to my wife being present and they said well in our tradition we never allow our women to be present when anyone's prayed for I said your tradition's got to go tonight your tradition is of the devil not of God and, of course, I didn't like it when I said that to him. And I said, well, that's the deal. My wife stays. My wife stays behind you. Because when I lay hands on your head, you're going to be slayed in the spirit. And they agreed, and they got set free. So, you Praise know, many Lord. people are bound by old traditions. Whether it comes from Ireland, whether it comes from Scotland, 
whether it comes from Romani backgrounds, Sicilian backgrounds, many people are bound by tradition. And there is only one tradition that we need not to be bound by, but we need to humble ourselves, ourselves to, and that's the tradition of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's a powerful testimony, my friend. Wow. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Folks, Amen. did you enjoy so there we go. today's program? Uh, brother, do you think if we're being a distant cousin, that could, if I get up to England, you, you and I could get up there, would they let us in to have some tea with William and Harry? Well, I think you'd get a nice bit of nosh there if you go there. I think you'd get a lovely bit of food there. I mean, they've made a special quiche Lorraine for the coronation. Wow. And it, and it does look a bit tasty, and it looks very healthy. It's a vegetable quiche Lorraine. So I'm sure there's some nice food there. They're inviting ordinary people. They're inviting nurses, doctors, people who have done things for the community. They're inviting them there. But, of course... The royal family of, uh, of Queen Elizabeth, you know, her uh, grandfather, who was King George V, uh, their name then was uh, uh, their name was then was their family name was Saxe Coburg Gotha. It wasn't Windsor. They changed the name to Windsor when we went to war with Germany. They thought the British public would turn against them having a German surname. But their original family, Saxe-Goberg-Jotha, uh, Saxe uh, the uh, King George V traced his family tree back, and his family tree went right the way back to King Josiah of Israel. Really? Yeah, so all these families are linked. All these families are linked. You know, it was normal for uh, the royal families to, to marry uh, a cousin, correct? Oh, yeah, they used to intermarry all the time. And, you know, the thing is that the Duke of Edinburgh, you know, the Queen's uh, husband, uh, his name was, his na original name was Battenberg, and they changed it to Mount Batten. And when he married the Queen, he couldn't ask all his relatives to come to the wedding because they were Nazis and they fought on the side of Hitler at the second the Second World War. Wow! So that so they wasn't invited to England for the for, for the marriage. Um, that's so, Lord Mountbatten, is that right? Lord Mountbatten was his uncle. Yeah. Oh. Now his mother his mother was a wonderful woman. She was a Greek woman, I believe, uh, and she fought against the Nazis. And she became a nun in the Second World War. And she used to take Jewish refugees in, hide them in her loft, hide them in her cupboards and all that during... And she stood up to the Nazis. She was a wonderful woman. And she lived in Buckingham Palace for many years. That's amazing. Yeah, um, no, so. Queen Victoria. Yes, well, she was the grandmother of every royal family in Europe. And she married Albert, who was a German. And uh, Queen Victoria, well, before Elizabeth, she was the longest reigning mon monarch in British history. That's amazing, my friend. Wow. There go. That's amazing. Anyway, anyway I'm going to go now. I want to thank right? you for coming on today. We love you. We'll see you next time, brother. God love you too. See you next Wednesday. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Folks. You can find out some amazing things. FamilySearch.com. Now, you may have heard of Ancestry.com also. And uh, that's a great service, but it's a paying service. And it gets a little bit expensive. It's like 25 bucks a month. So, uh, 
the Church of the Later Day Saints of Jesus Christ, LDS. Okay. They're not affiliated with Jesus except in the name. <laughs> That's the Mormons. Um, they have the largest genealogy databases in the world. Uh, anything related to genealogy, they seek a copy of. They've got the microfilms. They've got everything. And a lot of it is stored in salt mines uh, deep under the ground uh, because the Mormons, um, part of their religion is every Mormon is, is encouraged to trace their family tree back a minimum of four generations. They also uh, like for all Mormons to have a minimum of two years' supply of food. Two, you know, two strange factoids about the Mormons. Now, I don't have a problem with either of those things. I think that's actually a great idea. But it's part of their religion. And so to facilitate that and help the fellow Mormons, they created some of the biggest uh, archives of genealogy records in the world, LDS. And the FamilySearch.com is a uh, offshoot of that. That's actually a website, computer database maintained by them. And you can actually go there and start your free family tree today. There's no charges whatsoever. They don't charge for anything, which is pretty amazing, but whereas Ancestry does. And um, you've got access to things like um, census records, um, death records, family trees of other people, and some of you may already know what I'm talking about, but for those that don't, check it out. Start your family tree. Well, what's interesting now is uh, technology has come a long way. And it used to be you just have to get up there and put in the sweat equity. I mean, roll up your sleeves and start tracking this stuff down and making the connections. And um, <clears throat> now the software will work for you and it's out there and it will give you hints. It will take what you give them, input into your tree, and it'll go out there and start cross-referencing and it'll send you some tips. And then you look at them and evaluate them one by one and you say, yeah, that's actually uh, my granny or that's, that's granddad. And then you can add that document and that expands your tree and then bam, you'll link with someone else out there and get new leads. It's, it's a lot of fun. You never know what you might find. But I have an inkling that this new AI software is going to take it to a whole new level. In fact, already there's a, uh, a thing called RootsWeb, which is by one of these companies, and it will access your family tree, and then it will tell you where you have live cousins anywhere in the world that are also registered uh, through the search service. And I'm like, uh, let's check this out. Next thing you know, it said I have 60,000 cousins uh, that they can find so far, and they show you where they're located. And you can look them up in a map anywhere in the world. And most of these are, you know, distant cousins, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine generations back. But this is so weird. I'm wondering, and they're already doing this. It just may not be a commercial product yet. Um, do they have AI software? that you can just say, um, find the connection between this person and you, and bam, it'll do all the, the labor for you. Well, they apparently are doing a beta test of that now with some of some of the um, more well-known official genealogies, like presidents, actors, and actresses. And so if you have a family search account, this is a feature, go up to the top where it says activities, 
and you can scroll down and there's something that says uh, famous relatives I didn't know about this until this week and bam it, it has already compiled a list of people that uh, they've already established based on the family tree that you put in that you're related to so this is freaky these are all my cousins George Washington James Monroe these are all US presidents Zachary Taylor Thomas Jefferson I said what yeah, he's my third cousin, nine times removed, on my dad's side. Uh, Calvin Coolidge, John Adams, Millard Fillimore, William Henry Harrison. A couple of these dudes got assassinated. Franklin Pierce, Rutherford B. Hayes, Andrew Jackson. And then they throw in here Marie Antoinette, Queen of France. What are you talking about? And I looked, and she's my fifth cousin, nine times removed. So as I understand it, you know, you got your first cousin, which will be... Uh, your uncle, your aunt, their children, like your mom and dad, if they have brother or sister and they have kids, that's your first cousin. And it goes backwards uh, by the generation. So fifth cousin would mean if I went back uh, up the family tree, um, they there is a link there. And I'm looking here, Queen of France, Marie Antoinette, how is that possible? And then I see my, myself and then my dad and my, my grandmother on Davis' side, the, the cars which were German and I go up the tree and I recognize many of these people and then bam it picks up where established uh, tree research has us with the same grandparents back in 1545 Herzog Hans Schleswig Holstein Sunderberg and a Grubenhagen and then bam you go down the alternate side and there there's Marie Antoinette she had her head cut off um John Quincy Adams, James Madison, FDR, Ulysses S. Grant. So there's a mixture of bad and good people here. John Tyler, Richard Nixon. I'm not going to mention them all. Winston Churchill says uh, seventh cousin three times removed. Now this one's on my granddad Weber's side, the Neesmith and the Merrimans. That's strange. Abraham Lincoln. Diana, Prince of Wales. What? Eleventh cousin once removed. That's on my dad's side. Um... Her ancestors were Sir Giles Arlington, and he had two wives. There's a Dorothy Dalton and a Dorothy Cecil. But we've got the same ancestor, Sir Giles Arlington, which was a grandfather, 11 generations back. Now, some, most, some of these are anywhere from four generations up to about 12 generations. A little bit ways back there, but there's definitely um, a connection here. Uh, Sir Isaac Newton, first cousin. 11 times removed. So go right up the family tree into the 1700, keep going, 1565. We had the same grandparents, Robert Isaac Newton and Carol Ann Wood. Um, 28 presidents so far, confirmed cousins. Werner von Braun turns out I have a, a Nazi in the woodpile. He is my 11th cousin, three times removed, pioneer in rocket technology worked for Hitler and brought over and worked for NASA. We're related on uh, grandmother Carr's side, German. Now, I knew I had German connections, Carr's and Weber, Weber in English. Uh, Granddad Weber told me he, his family were from Langenau, Germany. Migrated through uh, Canada and then into Caribou, Maine and then down into Lyons, Georgia. They became farmers. And he handed me a family tree that his dad had given him, which was a school teacher. And it went back to like the 1700s. 
and I had quite a, a lead uh, to get started with on his side, but then on um, mom's side, or excuse me, my dad's side, had nothing except the initials of my great-grandfather. So you're bound to be related to somebody. When you think about it, each parent has two parents. So you're on your mom's side, you got the grandparents here, that's two people. On your dad's side, you got parents there, it's two. So there's four different lines. And then they go up, and there's eight people on that line. So, I mean, bottom line is we're all related somewhere, aren't we? Back to Adam and Eve. And then the flood, even more recently, don't we all come from the, um, the three boys that were Noah's sons? So... Somewhere you'll make a connection, but I mean, if it's if it's uh, if it's too distant, I don't know what their their framework is. Uh, it'll tell you, you know. Like there were some other suggestions, and I looked at that, and I wasn't related to them. But I thought, well, let's check it out online, and then online it actually shows you your for confirmed connections. So um, I said, this is weird. Entertainers and artists. Okay, I'm I'm kin to Edgar Allan Poe. He was my fourth cousin. Buffalo Bill. Agatha Christie, Bing Crosby, an old actor, Elvis Presley, seventh cousin once removed. So I'm thinking, uh, could I show up at Memphis at uh, Elvis's house and ask to spend the night over there and stay in the Elvis room? I can say, hey, Elvis, my seventh cousin, come on. It's got to mean something. Walt Disney, eighth cousin. Catherine Hepburn, eighth cousin. Folks, uh, I would just be happy to be related to Elvis, but it turns out John Wayne is my ninth cousin. I said, how? And I looked over, it's on the Weber side. And I go up the tree, we had the same great grand, uh, same grandparents way back, Nathaniel Foote and Elizabeth Deming. I said, crazy. Marilyn Monroe, my ninth cousin. How? And you look, and you're looking at your uh, family tree, and you, you follow it up, and bam, you see the, the same ancestors. Cecil B. DeMille made Gone with the Wind. Robert Louis Stevenson, he's my uh, ninth cousin. Grace Kelly, who married the Prince of Monaco, isn't that right? Uh, 11th cousin. Shirley Temple. I remember her from childhood. Ninth cousin. Robert Peary, first person to reach the geographic North Pole. He's um, eighth cousin. Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. He's my 10th cousin. That's a little bit way way back there. Amelia Earhart, 8th cousin. Charles Lindbergh, 12th cousin. Um, <clears throat> growing up, there was, a, um, there was an oral tradition of uh, a few hints to my family tree. Uh, I, this has been 40 years ago. I was about 12. I remember asking some questions back then when my, my grandfather Davis, my dad's side, was still alive. He was the oldest patriarch, him and his brother. And uh, I was 12. I said, hey, granddad, uh, who are we related to? And he said, well, call my brother, Eugene. He knows. He's been doing the family tree. I can remember to this day getting up uh, on this big stool to reach this phone that was uh, mounted on the wall, sitting up there, and I'm talking to Uncle Eugene. And he said, yes, son, we've traced the family tree. 14 generations back. I said, really? He said, yeah. We've got some Native American family uh, that were on the Trail of Tears. I don't remember what the tribe was. Then he said, um, of course, Davis comes from Wells. 
so we've got some Welch blood. And he said, I've um, connected us with Jefferson Davis, the Confederate president. That's all I remember. He died. Family went looking for the family tree, couldn't find it. Um, weird things in our family tree. Um, I began to get some details on. And there were missing folk. And um, using research today, like newspapers.com, you can go in there and newspapers, of course, where people publish obituaries. So uh, that uncle I was talking about, my great uncle, Uncle Eugene, um, he dies. And as I was putting him in the family tree, we found out, I, found, I see this son that he had that I didn't know about. And I asked my Uncle Mike, Uncle Mike, who's Bobby? Well, he said, that was Uncle Eugene's son. We don't know what happened to him. I said, what do you mean you don't know what happened to him? He said, he disappeared. About age six, something bad, I think, happened. Nobody ever talked about it again. I said, what? What do you mean? How does someone disappear? And so I had this picture of him. And, I've, of course, I want to fill in the family tree. And uh, for decades, it was, a, it was a question. Who was this guy? Every year, I usually uh, go through this thing where I, I work on the tree real intense for a few weeks. And have spare time and uh, for hours I'll get on there and uh, I was using all the databases and I thought I can't find a link on this guy he's nowhere at all I got on newspapers.com and I typed in my, my great uncle's name and I find um, not only his wedding announcement which gave me the name of one of his former wives but I found the death announcement of my great grandmother which was his mother and at the funeral was this guy named Bobby. I said, what? Or I mean, excuse me, he was listed as uh, one of the grandsons. I said, what? That's him. Now I had a full name. I put it in newspapers. I mean, I, then I went over to this, uh, um, it's a online directory. I think it's called 411. And, uh, no, excuse me, it's called whitepages.com. Excuse me, whitepages.com. And uh, you can put in names and you can track people. Get addresses and phone numbers. Make a long story longer, I tracked down this boy named Bobby. No one's heard of from him in 50 years. And I call him up out of the blue. I said, hello, I'm looking for Bobby Davis. Speaking. Was your father Eugene Davis? There's a pause. Who are you? Well, I'm Shannon Davis. I'm doing some family tree research, and I'm trying to find uh, the son of Eugene Davis. Well, he wasn't forthcoming until he was convinced that I wasn't some um, scam artist. He said, yeah, that was my father. I said, what? I found you. We've been looking for you. What happened? Well, I'm going to tell you what happened to little Bobby. And I didn't know what he was going to say, and it was a sad story. His uh, parents had divorced. He was still a young boy, about six years old, and he saw his dad one day, and he described the, the, the um, described all the details. He didn't see his dad again until he was in, a senior in high school. So sad. So sad. Broken relationship, and um, no excuse for what happened to him, but he became estranged. And family lost track of him 
In fact, my family did such a poor job on my dad's side of family tree research that, as I mentioned, when I sat down and started building my tree, I put my mom and dad's name in there, grandmother and granddad on both sides, and then, okay, well, what was granddad Davis's father's name? All I had was his initials, R.W. And by that time, Eugene was gone. Granddad Davis had died. This was the early 90s now. The oldest surviving Davis was my father. And I called Dad. I said, Dad, I was in my early 20s at the time. I said, Dad, uh, what was your granddad's name? And he told me, but there was a question as to the spelling. I said, do you know anything else? He said, no. Well, who's your grandparents' name? He said, uh, great-grandparents. He said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? And the trail ran cold. And then what you do is <clears throat> you start from ground zero. You get the death certificate for the individual. And if you're kin, you can do that. And uh, so I got the death certificate of my grandfather, Davis. Got his parents' names. Of course, I knew my great-granny. She was alive. So I knew her, Hattie Cobb. And then you go and find each of their individuals, and you get their death certificate. And you go until the, the, the trail runs cold and you can't go back any further. And getting the death certificate, you can get the name usually. Sometimes they abbreviate the name, but you can get the full name of the parents. And then that's what you do. You go over there and you put that in the family tree research software. And then you can find um, uh, many times where they're buried on findagrave.com and a lot of genealogy information there. You'll find children's names, parents, and give you another clue. And then you get the census records and, um, again, the new online newspaper. I was able to get um, a marriage announcement, a death notice that gave me some missing information. So I find this cousin of mine, uh, he's like a second cousin. Never met him before, never talked to him. Lost for 50 years. Found his sister. And then I contacted her and I said, I found your brother. What do you mean? I said, I found him just like I found you through um, the search using these new tools that are available, whitepages.com. Uh, if you've got a unique name, that'll help you get, get to it faster, but you type in a name, it'll give you a couple potential phone numbers. And then it's just a process of elimination. Um, I was able to find five lost tribes of Davis through some very hard work and research and some cold calling and crisscrossing the databases and putting in the time I don't know how many hours I put in and it hasn't been uh, a short process this is over maybe since about I think I got started on building my tree in 90 it was about 94 almost well almost 29 years in almost 30 years ago and uh, it's been painstakingly slow but recently I hit the pay dirt found him found a picture of my great-grand-great-great-grandparents uh, first time anybody in my family had seen it. Uh, of course, when I was in America, I would go hunting for grave markers. You know, a lot of my family from Georgia, so I found out where they were supposed to be buried on findagrave.com and then would go down to the cemetery. And found cemeteries, but found no grave markers. And then I put out a bounty uh, because there are people whose her hobbies are just going to gra uh, cemeteries and recording gravestones, and then they put them online, you know, take pictures of them, and people reciprocate, and that's how it's like a whole community. 
Next thing you know, someone maybe have found your ancestor. Oh, I've been looking for, shoot, over 10 years for the grave mark of my great-grandfather, the one who was a Freemason. I went to uh, the cemetery twice when I was still back in Georgia 10 years back and uh, couldn't find him. There was like 4,000 graves out there. And I went up to where the main office was. It was supposed to have a director of where everybody's buried. And I went over and couldn't find him. So what's going on? Well, out of the blue, about a year, two years ago, somebody contacted me, saw my notice, we'll pay reward for a gravestone photo. This guy finds my great-granddad's marker. Uh, and his name's not on there, but his wife at the time, which was a second wife who had died, was there, and I made the match. And I found not only where he's buried, supposedly, but I got the name of this missing great, you know, grandmother. It's so weird. And, you know, if you like putting together puzzles, you know, doing investigative work, nothing like digging into your family tree. Well, this new technology just blows me away because I'm sitting here freaking out. Elvis Presley? I thought it, that was where it was going to end, and then it got bizarre. 28 presidents, I, they're cousins. And uh, there may be more. That's just all that I've got positive matches on because there could be more relations on my dad's side, but I've only been able to go back for sure. Um on the patriarchal line, so just men, straight up. You know, I got my dad's name, of course, and Granddad Davis and great-granddaddy Davis that was the Mason, who I believe brought the curse on the family. We broke that in Jesus' name. Master Mason, in good standing when he died. His pallbearers were, two of them were Masons, so he probably went right into hell. And then his father, Jesse Davis, I found a picture of him and his wife. Nobody ever seen this before. And, uh, I was able to track down one of his nieces who was in her 80s when I got a hold of her. And she's the one who had a photo of her grandparents, which are my great-great-grandparents. And she she remembered my great-grandfather, told me some stories about him, which is pretty cool. I found some of these, uh, you know, ancestors that are still alive in their 80s. And then um, I get Jesse's death certificate, which is my great-great-grandfather, and I get his mother, but her last name is wrong, and that stumped me for 20 years. And then his father's name is only a first initial of the first name, an H. Davis. Now, so weird, and the trail went cold. Until recently, I found another clue, and right now, uh, it's a really bizarre story. But I'm looking for some supporting documentation. You've got to be very careful when you do family tree research. There are people that could have the same first, middle, and last name as an ancestor of yours, and even in the same state, and you think you've got a match, and then you've got to have supporting documentation. Always cross-check. Well, if you think you've got the right name, you need another verification marker. Was it the same wife or same husband or same children? And if you get a match there, then you know you're good to go. But you got to be careful, and because uh, you can get you can get, get a lot of false leads and you know take you down a rabbit trail and you went down the wrong trail. So I've only been able to get back in closing. Um, that would be uh, third, 
fourth generation on, on my dad's side, which is sad, but I started out with only some initials of my great-grandfather and uh, found his parents and I'm stuck now trying to figure out who his, great, his, his grandparents were. And I have a lead and the lead is very bizarre. Uh, I won't go into details there, but um, that's why it, it stopped cold. I may be related more than 28 presidents of that family line. That may be where the Jefferson Davis that I was told was I'm connected to. But anyway, you may be related more than me. You won't know until you get on there and you start this family search. Encourage everybody to do it. It's a lot of fun. Go to familysearch.com. But <clears throat> I said, this is bizarre. There's got to be something in the spirit there. And I think that there was probably some Illuminati connections. Um, and I believe there's some still some things I've got to uncover in my prayer even today. Father God, what are you trying to show me here? Why am I related to 28 U.S. presidents and Queen Elizabeth? What's up with that? Either way, I'm assuming it's not good. And I took the advice of Dr. Sabrina and I said, Father God, as I call these people out, I break all connections and soul ties with them. I want no part of anything diabolical. I break these in the name of Jesus. Loose myself and my family, my wife, my children. I called them all out. Cover us all in the blood of Jesus. So I think there was some more house cleaning to do. You might have some house cleaning. You say, why? Well, because some of the things that our ancestors have been involved in can open up a generational curse. If anybody in your family has been involved in witchcraft, well, minimum three to four generations uh, come out of that curse. God will visit the curse uh, on the children to the third and fourth generation of those that hate God, meaning, you know, those who are in witchcraft, your grandparents or your great-grandparents were doing it like my great-grandfather, Freemason. He cursed himself, cursed Granddad Davis, cursed my dad, cursed me, my brother. We had to repent of that sin of Freemasonry, break all connections and uh, contracts that uh, were put on our family tree that have affected us, and we renounce all Masonic connections in Jesus' name. Break the curse in Jesus' name. Command the demons to go, come out. And uh, what if it went back further? What if there's a curse of the bastard on your family or mine? That one will go 10 generations. And it says uh, they will not be able to enter into the congregation of the righteous. Hey, that's not good. We need to break that curse. Who knows? If you don't even know the name of your parent, how do you know what they're involved in? So, very conceivable that we've all got something in the in the woodworks. Um, and 10 generations back, that's a long time. What is that, about 400 years? You could be affected by these things. So, you know, God's good though. Even if we don't know specifically what it is, we can just confess the sins of our ancestors, whatever they were. Sexual sin, involvement in the occult, witchcraft, idolatry, whatever it was. In faith, in the name of Jesus, Lord, whatever it is, I cover it in the blood of Jesus. I don't want any part of that. Forgive my ancestor. Forgive me for anything I've done also. Close the door to those demons. I break that curse in Jesus' name. Command the demons to come out. The soul ties be broken. And loose me in my family and your, your children also in Jesus' name, your spouse. And God's good. But uh, he'll help you and I, I think, fine-tune it. And so it's a mystery to me. And I'm on the uh, the hunt.
for more to be revealed. It's actually exciting. FamilySearch.com. It's free. If you go to Ancestry now, which they've got a couple cool tools there too, that's 25 bucks a month. I mean, you might want to try that for a month or two. Get all the information you can, but then um, it's expensive. But FamilySearch.com is free. And uh, you get on there, and there will already be uh, some links. And you can accept those links or reject them. You don't have to accept a link because someone could have put something in there and it was inaccurate. So I like to do my own research and I like the hints, but before I say, yeah, I'm adding this on permanent, um, I want to be certain that I can co corroborate it because I have found false leads before. But um, yeah, very interesting. Uh, the Wright brothers were cousins of mine, Orville and Wilbur, uh, six cousins. Samuel Morse, oh, um, Muhammad Ali one of the greatest black boxers of all time one of the greatest boxers of all time bottom line my ninth cousin like four times removed or something like that it's crazy what the heck? it's crazy I said this is just this is crazy God I don't know what you're trying to tell me okay enough on family tree research and uh, again I would have just been happy to be related to Elvis but good grief what's going on here in my family tree um, so a um, couple quick announcements I want to thank first of all all of you uh, who have prayed for us this is our first time back on the program I did a little um, just a test show last night but then deleted what it wasn't more than an announcement anyway but this is the first show we've done and um, I got to thinking you know why not try something new we've been doing uh evening shows since the very beginning of time and we of course we've we've had times where we did our international day shows but typically we've been known as a nightly program you know every night 7 p.m. and uh, a week ago um, made seven years uh, I've been in Bali took really ill here <clears throat> y'all know a few weeks ago I was clogged up could hardly breathe um, sinus infections Everybody got it, and then the kids got fever added onto that too. Thank God I didn't get a fever, but they got it. Oh, bless their hearts. Um, I became uh, I, I became uh, convinced uh, something in the air here. Don't know what it is, but it's not good. And um, it was just hitting me hard. Well, thank you for your prayers. And then, uh, of course, uh, during this time, uh, Narita's father had a stroke. He's still in the hospital. Opung, please lift him up in prayer. Prophet Scott uh, had a medical emergency. Many of you know about that. You can read about it on his website. Continue to lift him up in prayer. And I said, when it rains, it pours. What the heck is going on here? And this is just some of the people that I know and my, myself. And you can probably sh share that, uh, sharing the fact that you know people have been under attack too and uh, been going through it. And then uh, I thought, well, okay, I can breathe again and then um, begin to feel this sensitive touch. It's, some people call it chills. It's not chills. It's, uh, I've known this because my whole life, if I were going to get the flu, this comes first. And I said, oh, no, it's not over. And so that took me down a few days. Or I would have been back. And then um, one morning 
I woke up and I'd fallen asleep with my contacts and uh, I've done that before but this particular time took them out and put some uh, saline solution in my eyes and I realized I had an eye infection I mean heavy bloodshot in my right eye swollen and I didn't go away and I said what's going on here I've got an eye infection uh, related to this virus that I had I think it was conjunctivitis and uh, if it hadn't cleared up I was going to have to go in and get some antibiotics for the eye but uh, couldn't wear contacts for five days my eyes shot watering sensitive touch and then it kicked in all kids sick fevers, coughing, mucus only one that was okay was mom and then it hit her and uh, she's a trooper though she was hit the least and I thank God for that and we'd all been down for the count and uh, it's just been a battle like dear God got depressed got the YouTube strike as many of you know about that's why we're not streaming on YouTube they put me in jail for a week uh, strike stays with you three months and I just got very discouraged and I said God I have failed here what's going on uh, trying to build back up and then we just got hit hard for medical disinformation I don't even remember talking about anything about COVID and uh, I do some soul searching I got angry I said, well, there's a problem. It's with me, not you, God. Show me what I need to do. And um, I just took a, took some time to soul search, and then things shifted in the spirit. And uh, through prayer, through your prayers out there, I recovered. I, I is better. I'm feeling 95% today. Um, got a word from Dr. Sabrina last night. I prayed with her. And uh, I said, uh, would the Lord have anything to say about my housing situation? Because we seem to be just getting doors closed on us. I've been kind of moving slow. And then by the time I get back to read and say, pull the trigger on that, someone else got it. I said, I don't know what's going on. What are we going to do? Are we to stay here? And the word of the Lord came, no. Get out now. Get out of Indonesia? No, that wasn't the word. God will lead and direct me in that regard. But out of the house. I'm convinced that uh, there's something wrong with this house. It could be buried on cursed ground for all I know. Uh, it could be a graveyard underneath me. I did pull up on a cold object out of the ground and we did tear down altars when we came in here and cleanse the ground I thought but I don't know. Something about where I'm at could be the mold. But God has told me to get out of here and that's a good word because I want to get out of here anyway so be in prayer. We are actively looking and hope that within the next 30 days we can find another rental house and uh, so we're looking but um, I was up late one night this week and just watching YouTube looking for something to watch and I come across an amazing uh, audio about a man who went to Jekyll Island God sends him there he's a prayer walker sends him there his name is Timothy Bentz and this was uh, recorded back in 2013. I, I didn't know his name and even who the the, um, the interviewer was until I got online. It was none other than Rob Skiba. And I got just uh, a couple clips of this and then found the full thing, which I will play on the program probably this week. 
And uh, it's an amazing story of this man that God sends out to Jekyll Island for the purpose of uncovering the fact that the Federal Reserve, of course, was created there at Jekyll Island. Six of these financial power brokers, including you know connections of Rothschild and uh, Warburgs and others, J.P. Morgan, uh, they created the finan- the Federal Reserve System, which is a put us all in financial and spiritual bondage. The same one that you're hearing about in the news today, which is talking about the next creation, the digital dollar that they want to jump to. And the interesting part, though, was God showed him that this whole facility was built on right on top of the site of um, uh, an Indian community. And he was shown some stuff which apparently is not probably possible to see now. But God set all up and he went in there and they showed him that the very house where the Federal Reserve was conceived sits right up on top of what he believes was a Canaanite altar. And the museum curator said, uh, the altar's still there, but you can't see it. And he said, what do you mean? He said, I can take you where it's at, but it's it's under the house. The house was built right on it. What do you mean? Well, the those rich and elite just built right over all the mounds, right over the village. And on this Canaanite altar, human sacrifice going on of children. And in this story, which was so intriguing, God sends them in there to deal with this altar. And you'll find out more details about that, but that was not the weirdest part. He's shown the skeletons of two of these Indian chiefs. And they were between eight and eight and a half foot. And they were dug up, uh, uncovered rather, but left where they remained and the area was covered over with plexiglass. So you could walk over and look right down the ground and see them laying there. He said, these are long people, tall people. How tall are they? And the Jekyll Island curator, this was back about 2008, says uh, between eight and eight and a half feet tall. Come to find out, the theory is these are not any normal Indians, but they came over from the Middle East and they brought some special technology with them, bows that were found over there and Canaanite altar. Uh, he, he believes, in other words, if I understand it, that these are, of course, these are giants that came over there and they were eating people and sacrificing people. I said, God, why are you showing me this? Well, you know, one of the biggest things right now is this whole issue of the Federal Reserve. They're getting ready to go with FedLine uh, and the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency. The move right now is to go cashless. The UK is already announcing in a few years that there'll be no more paper pounds. There's a lot of un- agreements being done, not only in the financial system, but of course, BRICS is uh, in direct competition with the Federal Reserve, who is not a federal entity. No more federal than Federal Express. It's a privately owned consortium of banks, which sadly were given the authority to print money, issue currency, and lend it back to the American government for 6% interest. Why would you do that when you can print your own money? Why would you outsource it and let someone else print it and then charge you for the printing? Well, it's a, it's a cartel. goes back to um, G. Edward Griffin, the creature from Jekyll Island. Never read the book, but I'd heard about it. And I just reached out to him. He's 90, I believe he's 92 or 93, still alive. 
and I'm going to try to get him on this program to talk about this. I'm trying to get Tim Bentz. I was able to find out who, who this show was done with. It was none other than Rob Skiba. He's in heaven tonight. Done about back in 2013 or so, about 13 years back. Never heard this story. So intrigued by it. I tracked down Tim Bentz and we're trying to get him on the program. And I believe I'm, I'm tracking this for some reason. Last night, um, I come across another very interesting story. A Christian archaeologist goes to Mexico over 50 years ago. Back when it was a lot easier to do some exploration. And goes up Sierra Gordo, Tuacan, um, and got up almost to the top of the mountain before he was turned back and what he found was that there was a mountaintop city seemingly built by the giants overlooking Tutuacan. And it's never been officially acknowledged until recently, and it's off limits to the public. He got in there 50 years ago, and people said, how did you do that? And he shows them the slides he brought back. He said, we just did. That was in 1970. He couldn't do it today. And um, amazing archaeologist I put a link to his whole story there, and he tracks all the child sacrifice done by all these Indian tribes. Not just the Aztecs, but everybody was sacrificing and eating people. And he, he's come out and said that what the evidence is, seems to show is that there were giants regularly being fed human beings up there on the top of Sierra Gordo and you would go up there to meet the gods and be devoured by them so people were literally in procession going up this mountaintop he shows you the pathway they did it and they'd get you up there and the giants would eat you he also talks about a lot of the baby giants for them to develop they needed high amounts of protein and they didn't get it from the food so they started supplementing the diets with babies and human beings and um, it is true if you don't get enough protein uh, you will not develop properly the same as someone else with plenty of protein versus you know just eating rice that's just carbs versus someone ate a protein rich diet well they're going to be more uh, physical and mental development even with the giants they knew this and they were sacrificing children regularly all these tribes were eating each other and this big um, Indian mound over there in Jekyll Island they find giants there they were eating people and he talks about a painting where it was uh, a rendition done by one of the French explorers there that showed where they would take children hold them up by the ankles and chop their heads off and let the blood drain down on the altar right out of Canaanite worship everybody eating everybody up in there human sacrifices financial system conceived on a Canaanite altar which Tim is sent in to destroy in the spirit amazing stories amazing stories I found a lot of other interesting stuff too many of you may have already found but um, I've got the information that we're going to begin to play parts of it on the program and show you where you can go to get more information we're going to try to actually get this, the actual 
uh, people on the program. There's um, I wasn't interested in Giants for a long time. I thought it was a waste of time. But I have a renewed interest now, and I think God has led me on a trail to uncover some stuff. There's an amazing YouTube interview with a guy named Gary Wayne, the Genesis 6 conspiracy, how secret societies and the descendants of giants plan to enslave humankind. I'm seeing this pop up everywhere now. People are talking about the return of the giants, return of the gods. Jonathan Kahn's talking about it. Um, on a, another subject area, YouTube is being blanketed with um, interviews of Catholic exorcists. They're coming out talking now. And I think because they see uh, uh, Protestantism pursuing deliverance, you know, especially with this Greg Locke movie, you know, come out in Jesus' name, Catholics don't want to be left behind. You know, they want to, you know, control this whole thing. So I think that they have just been loosed to get out there and invade the YouTube, you know, uh, YouTube channel. All kinds of Catholic exorcists coming out there. They've got some pretty interesting stories. Some of the information is pretty good, actually, can be used in deliverance. But there's also a move by the Catholic Church to try to proselytize Protestants and pull them back over. Sadly, I'm also seeing a lot of interviews with people who have left the Christian faith and went over to become Catholics. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? I don't think this is by accident. There's a um, concerted effort to um, pull people out of Christianity to control the narrative, to suppress news. Some big changes afoot in our financial system. And um, if you've been watching any of these programs out there, like Prophecy Club with Stan Johnson or Redacted, you know, we've, we're all hearing about these things. But I'm like, God, what are you saying to me? And I think there's some stuff I've got to uncover. Maybe I'm not aware of. And uh, so he's got me going down a path here. And I've reached out to the archaeologist who found some stuff up on the uh, Tatuacan, Sierra Gordo. I reached out to G. Edward Griffin this week, Tim Bentz. I'm in contact with him, hoping to get these gentlemen to accept uh, interviews. Shot a message over there to uh, Gary Wayne of Genesis 6 Conspiracy. We're going to go down some rabbit trails here and be talking about some very interesting stuff. If you're interested in the Nephilim, the Giants, Deliverance and Exorcism Ministry, uh, we are going to be delving into this, and I'm going to be actively, I'm in hot pursuit now, of some guests to talk about these very things. It's going to make for some very interesting shows. So I just want to give you an update here. I'm working on, you know, moving in many directions simultaneously, but it'll all come together. I don't think this is in vain. I said all that to say this. Think, what do I do with Omega Man Radio? We, we're in YouTube jail? Really, nobody's tuning in live. I'm stagnated. God, what do you want me to do? And I went back to what he told me in the beginning, speak my words, so I know I need to concentrate on that. And then God began to encourage me. And I got, I got a spark of um, ideas, and I thought, you know what? Let's flip the script. We've been doing this thing since the beginning. Next month is 13 years. Why not change it up a little bit? I'm going to actually flip my schedule. 
Now it's evening for me, but I, I was I've been doing evenings for a long time back in America. You know, we always start in the evening time. It's just over here, first time. Now for seven years, I'm twelve hours in the future, so I've been doing morning shows. I thought I'm gonna do these at night. That's when we're doing these international shows. Why not just do them all? For me, but that's AM America time. So what I'm talking about is um, within a few days, we're going to officially go on a new schedule. Our new schedule, which would be kind of cool for me, is Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern uh, till 11 a.m. And if we need to go to noon, we can. But 6 to 11 a.m. Eastern. Now, being that most people are tuning in the archives anyway, it's not going to matter for most of you. But for those of you that do listen live, we might actually get more people to listen live. But then for those who want the archive, it's no problem. You'll just get the show sooner. Because we'll do it in the morning and it'll be there in the evening. When you're used to hearing anyway. So uh, the new schedule, Monday through Friday. And that's actually cool for me because I'm all jacked up over here. Because I was doing it 12 hours ahead of East Coast time, my schedule actually runs Tuesday to Saturday over here. But now I'm actually going to be on a Monday through Friday. I said, well, that's kind of cool. So Monday night, you know, I start 6, 6 p.m., which is 6 a.m. Monday morning, East Coast time. So I'm on my Monday through Friday schedule now. I'm really liking this. And um, I was just wasting time anyway in the evenings watching YouTube and stuff. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to free up some time during the day. But um, redeem my time of the night, and we'll do a morning show. Maybe get more people to tune in live. So our new schedule... Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. It's about a five-hour block. And um, this will be MixLR and Blog Talk Radio. Uncensored. I can't do these things on YouTube without risk losing everything you work for. So I decided not to build it again after six tries. So why did I start a seventh channel? Yes, I decided to open up a seventh YouTube channel. It won't be for streaming. Because as happened to us a week ago, we got hit, put in jail, got a strike. Three strikes, you're out. Um, I just won't do any live shows there. We were only getting about 15 people anyway. Again, I put that poll out. Many of you wrote me and, and said, you're listening in the archives. So that's pretty much the truth. The truth about the program, we're primarily a podcast, so it really doesn't matter when we do the program, but... Maybe some of you will like a morning show that want to listen live, but we don't need to do it live on YouTube. In fact, um, whether or not I put anything else up on YouTube is to be determined, but because of the censorship there, certainly certain shows I can't do anything with YouTube. The AI will kill your channel as it hit me for the program I did with Michael a week ago. So I thought, we'll just use YouTube for... Uh, Speak My Word, the TV program. That's safe. So uh, if you'd like to sign up to Channel 7, it's Omega Man 7. That's the that's the link. Um, you can add me as a friend up there. Subscribe, and I'll be putting TV programs up there. In the meantime, I've been experimenting with TikTok. Last couple weeks, I've just been putting my toe in the water. And you know what? We're getting a couple hundred views over there. That's actually um, thrilling to me. More than we were getting on YouTube. I mean, we couldn't even break 1,000 people on YouTube for subscribers. I'd hoped to get up to 1,000, and maybe we could unlock some advertising revenue. Didn't happen. We got put in jail, and, and now that, that plan's you know, gone forever. I don't think that's going to happen. But 
TikTok has some real potential. So I've got to figure out how to implement this live, but definitely I'm beginning to put at least a TV show up on TikTok. Speaking of the TV program, we're live on Word Network every Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And pray for us as we're trying to get on a new network, CTV. We've had some pushback there. I'm going to do a stripped-down show, hopefully get it through the censors, and get it approved to get on CTV. You wouldn't believe the hoops that were being made to jump through, but it's worth it if we can do it. So uh, we got the TV program. We're going to do the, the daily AM show, Monday through Friday, 6 to 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and stream it live on, we'll be doing MixLR and Blog Talk Radio. I'm not streaming live on social media at this point. I don't think it's worthwhile. We were doing Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, MixCloud, DLive, Nico Video in Japan, YouTube, and that was feeding BitChute and Rumble, and we were getting one person on Twitch to listen to maybe 15 people on YouTube. Stuff's not worth it. Um, turns out I'm not a I'm not a YouTuber. I'm a podcaster. So save me some grief. We can go uncut, talk about anything we want, because I don't have to worry about YouTube censorship anymore. <clears throat> and there we are. I've just been liberated. So uh, we're going a new direction. Podcasting, and then I'm going to try to build out TV as God opens the door. Uh, we're in some serious um, uh, financial deficits. So right now, I'm just trying to stay in line. But I'm holding on to some promises of the Lord that he's going to grow things. And uh, enemy definitely tried to deal me a death blow this week. Um but I said, Lord Jesus, strengthen me, help me, show me where I can do better, forgive me where I've missed it, and help me get back on the right track. And I tell you, I'm feeling inspired. Fresh show times. We're going to cover some really cool subjects. And uh, I already started uh, just tonight contacting some of the guests that, uh, on every week, offering them morning slots, see what they want. So it'll take me a little bit of time to fill in the schedule. But uh, that's the direction we're moving, and I hope that it will reinvigorate Omega Man, uh, put some life back into it, and uh, be the shot in the arm that we need, not the COVID shot. Don't take that shot. That uh, we can go forward and make it exciting again. So praise the Lord. Otherwise, this is the last hurrah. I thank God, though, is in this and these changes, and uh, I feel good about it, and feeling positive, and a little bit uh, rejuvenated, so we got to stay positive in these times, it's a crazy world, and uh, what's the alternative, get in the fetal position, I have to remind myself, the leper said to the leper, why sit here till we die, so I want to thank all of you for bearing with us, uh, we, I've been sick so much, uh, it's, it's almost schizophrenic, and I said, God, we got to get some things fixed here. Got to get some stability again. Got to work out some of these problems. Still need some breakthroughs, as many of you do. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. Let's pray right now. Father God, in Jesus' name, you've heard this conversation tonight. God, I'm just sharing some of what's going on in my own life. But it's not uncommon. Many people, God, around the world going through their own tests and trials. Hardships, difficulties, setbacks. 
And God, I know the enemy wants to get us all just to lay down and die. But God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you'll never, never leave to forsake us. We know that all things are possible to him that believe and are called according to his purpose, and that we can do all things through you, Christ Jesus, which strengthen us. I'm asking God right now for breakthrough for everybody tuning in, God. They need a financial breakthrough, a healing breakthrough, a relationship breakthrough. Need some clarity on their next move. Need a financial breakthrough, God. I would say probably, truthfully, we all share one or more of these items. We need your help, God. I'm asking, God, that you would guide and direct all of our steps. We need your wisdom, God, not our own. You said, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. We're acknowledging you tonight, God, that we need you. We need you, Lord Jesus. Open up the right doors, shut the wrong doors, bring in provision. We know, God, that where there's obedience to you, there's provision and protection, so we need to obey you. God, give us clear instruction for this hour. Forgive us where we have fallen short. Help us, God. We need your strength. We plead the blood of Jesus over every one of us that are tuning in tonight. Our families, ministries, callings of the Lord, divine appointments, God, bring them for every person tuning in. We're all in your end-time army, God. Use us wherever you need us. Surround us with warrior angels, God. Father God, help us speedily. Some breakthroughs. Strengthen and encourage us all. And give us clarity. In Jesus Christ's name, we also bind and rebuke every demonic force that's coming against anyone out there to try to stop them, to get them to knock down and just lay down and die. We bind up and rebuke every spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance, or delay coming against any one of us or our family. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke every demonic force, break every word curse spoken against any of us. We command those demons to loose us and go to where Jesus sends them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Hey, shouts out to Gail and Mike Patton. God bless y'all. James Alaskan, Chalindra, Raymond, Sister Maria, Sarah, Janice, Ecast, Sister Renee, others out there, Sandra. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to close here momentarily, but uh, if you're just coming in, we're doing a new schedule. Take me a few days to fully implement it. Um, in fact, uh, tomorrow I will be, uh, excuse me, tonight, your time, which is uh, still Wednesday, uh, we will be on tonight at 8 o'clock with um, Joseph Ferrar. He's set to preach tonight and Tomorrow, Thursday, I will be doing a show at 7 and 8. So I'll, I'm going to close out the evening programs this week and convert everybody to an AM schedule. So our new schedule, officially beginning next week, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. That will give us a five-hour block. And if I need to go an extra hour, I will. No problem. We'll go the distance, but uh, 6 to 11 Eastern, if you want to plan on it uh, to be able to tune in live. MixLR, Blog Talk Radio Live. And then the show will be put up on all the streams. Uh, we're not going to be on the social media platforms anymore. Live, there's just nobody tuning in. And the censorship is just too great. I don't want to keep going back and forth in and out of YouTube jail. Strike here, strike there. What's the point? So, I'm, I'm not a YouTuber. I just I accept that. Um, and the enemy doesn't like our YouTube operations. So, if other people can do it, praise God for them. But we couldn't. Um, but we're not going to be throttled. We're going to go full force 
uh, podcasting and actual live TV. Uncensored podcasting. We can talk about anything. I can talk about COVID for an hour if I wanted to. Not that I'm really interested in that now, but just saying. We don't have to worry about it. If uh, they shut down podcasts, and uh, then it's we're probably in the tribulation mark of the beast at that point. But um, for right now, it's still viable. So we're going to use it while we can. Love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Continue to lift up Prophet Scott Lathrop. had a surgery. He's in healing mode now. It's going to be all right. And uh, if you want to contact me, if you want to get some updates on how to find uh, anything I mentioned, that's really the place to go. And that'll be where I put the schedule up. Uh, I'll be updating it here shortly. OmegaManRadio.com. We, again, we do have a YouTube channel, but I'm just putting the TV program only. And uh, pray for us as we continue one time a week on the Word Network. I'm so excited to have that opportunity. And hey, if it be God's will, we're going to uh, go into some other areas with TV as well. Programs are all free. Help yourself. Thank you to all that helped us get to the 10,000 mark. We're going to keep building it. And the best is yet to come. Love you all in Jesus' name, folks. We'll see you again uh, tonight, actually. And then again, officially next week, that new schedule will launch. God bless you all. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in. Love you all.